The plans for reforming personal taxation policies were published in November, along with a reimagining of the way we pay Social Security. We're going to recap the headlines for you and look at the alternatives being proposed, which could replace that policy letter that PNR have put to the states. There are some other amendments to the plans too, which we'll take a look at as well. But first, let's go back over the PNR proposals, which are about much more than just GST, we keep being told. Understandably, all the focus has been on GST, on on other possible tax changes, corporate tax. But actually, in this package, one of the biggest and most notable things is an absolutely radical change to the way that we administer Social Security and in particular to the contribution system. It really is a generational change. And it is also going to make the system far fairer and it's also going to make it far more progressive. So when you think about the regressive nature of GST by itself and what we're doing to counterbalance that, yes, there's a 15% tax band, but that's small beer. Yes, there's a £600 increase in personal tax allowances, also small, small beer. What's doing the heavy lifting is going to be the radical reform of Social Security, and almost nobody's talking about it. Another general point, just before I come on to my first um, uh, slide that I have to talk about, is what the states will be deciding in January will not be whether or not to raise many tens of millions of pounds from the Guernsey public. They've already decided that. They decided that last year because the Government Actuary Department told the states of Guernsey that if you don't do something, then your pension fund is going to run dry not too many years down the road. So you better do something. So the states did. They agreed a 10-year programme of putting up Social Security contributions each and every year. The first increase came in in January this year. The second increase will come in in a few weeks' time. And unless we find another way of raising revenue, that will continue for another eight years. So the decision in January, by the way, that will raise 36 million at 2021, uh, in 2021 terms. So the decision in January is not whether to raise a whole lot more money from the public agency. That's already been decided and it's already happening. The question is how to raise it and what is the fairest way of doing that. Deputy Peter Roffey there, he's not on policy and resources. He's the president of the Committee for Employment and Social Security. And he's been working very closely with PNR to develop the tax review uh, proposals that the states will be debating at the end of this month. So as he said there, it is not just about GST. There's a large component which is about changing the way Social Security is collected and then distributed. What the states will be deciding in January will not be whether or not to raise many tens of millions of pounds from the Guernsey public. They've already decided that. They decided that last year because the Government Actuary Department told the states of Guernsey that if you don't do something, then your pension fund is going to run dry not too many years down the road. So you better do something. So the states did. They agreed a 10-year programme of putting up Social Security contributions each and every year. The first increase came in in January this year. The second increase will come in in a few weeks' time. And unless we find another way of raising revenue, that will continue for another eight years. 
So the decision in January, by the way, that will raise 36 million at 2021, uh, 2021 terms. So the decision in January is not whether to raise a whole lot more money from the public agency. That's already been decided and it's already happening. The question is how to raise it and what is the fairest way of doing that. The headline proposals for reorganising Guernsey's tax and social security systems include a cut in income tax rate and an increase in personal allowances and an allowance introduced for social security contributions, all of which are said to benefit lower earners and not higher earners, who may not even notice a few extra £100 here and there, let's be honest. Income tax would be cut from the standard 20 pence in a pound paid on most earnings, PNR suggests that's reduced to 15 pence in the pound on all income earned up to £30,000 per year. Tax allowances would be increased by £600 per person if PNR's plans are approved by the rest of the states. An allowance for social security contributions is suggested, as Deputy Roffey has said, that is a major change to what the current situation is, and that could be introduced at the same level as income tax allowances which are currently around £13,000 each. Social security contributions could also rise to 8.5% for employees, 8% for employers and 14.5% for the self-employed. But those would all be offset by a goods and services tax at 5%. On all items, there's to be no exemptions under the official proposals. Now, that GST has seemed to dominate debate so far. Retailers have said shops will close. Garages say it's another unfair charge for motorists. And we've got some tourism sector workers saying visitors won't want to come here at all if we're not seen as a tax-free island. Now, PNR says GST would be charged across nearly all purchases, including food. Charities would be liable too. Very small businesses would be exempt from introducing the charge to keep administration costs as low as possible. That would only be if they have a turnover below £300,000 per year. Now, this is all being discussed to try and stem the island's growing financial deficit. It's currently around £85 million per year. PNR says what's proposed would bring in an additional £55 million per year. So there's still a gap. Now, they've also said the additional £55 million income each year would come from households at around £23 million per year from businesses at around £27 million and the remainder from visitors and other non-residents. Now, Deputy Jonathan Latoc, who sits on policy and resources, he's our external affairs minister, he may not personally have always been a fan of GST, but he does say that all of their proposals work together to make things fairer for all of us. Many people have said to us, and particularly to me, just put uh, a penny on income tax. Well, first of all, you need to put a lot more than a penny on income tax to raise the sorts of revenues that we've been talking about here. And we've looked at all the, the various options, and it needs to be said right at the start, and this slide seeks to do it, that um, in terms of govern, government re revenues, uh, Guernsey actually is very dependent on income tax. Uh, this slide shows that uh, nearly two-thirds of our revenues comes from personal taxation or from social security contributions. In other words, we're very reliant on those in work. Now, if there's a downturn in the economy, if we have high unemployment, like I remember when I was a teenager in the early 80s, 
and you're too reliant on work, that causes all sorts of problems because revenues drop. Uh, it was interesting to note that even though unemployment went up in Jersey during the COVID uh, crisis, uh, actually their income from GST continued steadily. In fact, it increased uh, for a while because people were spending more from capital. And there are quite a number of people who uh, live off capital in our society, and this enables us to do it. In terms of taxes overall and government revenues, Guernsey has one of the lowest in Western uh, countries uh, of tax takes from our economy, from our um, GDP, if you like, our gross domestic product. We only take 22% uh, currently, whereas uh, I think somebody else referred to this, Jersey takes over a quarter, um, and, and places like the UK, 33% of government revenues, 33% uh, uh, of the GDP, and in France, a whopping 45%. We're not suggesting uh, those sorts of increases, but you can see how reliant we are on taxes uh, on employment, and that's not good. And similarly, at the moment, the services that people want in Guernsey are equivalent, uh, certainly, to those in Jersey and in the UK, but we're not bringing in the income that we need to. The First Amendment to really try and wholesale change the PNR plans came from Deputy Charles Parkinson, and Express reporter Kit Hanna was at his presentation on Monday night. What is he planning to propose at the States meeting? Well, he's lodged an amendment um, seconded by Deputy Liam McKenna, and they want to impose a corporate income tax system um, on a territorial basis between 10 and 15%. So some companies, financial services companies mainly, already pay 10% income tax um, if they're operating in Guernsey, but many do not and many other businesses do not. So he's proposing that if you do your business in Guernsey, you should pay at least 10 to 15% of income tax. And he also wants to set up a special purpose committee called the Corporate Tax Investigation and Advisory Committee to look further into this and also other levers that could be pulled in the corporate world. Uh, he wants Deputy Gavin St-Pierre to join him on that committee. So they've both previously worked in policy and resources. And he also wants current sitting members of Policy and Resources to join him as well and a non-states member. So pretty standard in terms of a, a usual committee, but interesting that he's including sort of sitting members of senior committees. OK, so Deputy Parkinson's plan then for this territorial tax, it would raise around £20 million per year, I think I saw in his paperwork. So that could be an issue because the financial deficit that we need to be bridging is estimated currently at around 85 million a year, not 20. Yes, uh, correct. And there's a lot of there's a lot of competing claims being banded around about this because Charles Parkinson says it could raise at least 20 million. Last night, Policy and Resources says it can raise up to 20 million. Dr Andy Sloan, who supports the territorial system, says it could raise tens of millions of pounds, but he, he'll go into further detail about that uh, later in the week. So it is quite hard to say. And by Deputy Parkinson's own admission, uh, he actually has no idea how much this could raise. Um, but he does uh, expect it to be significant and he thinks it's a stone that should be turned first before taxing individuals and households. Seems a bit of an odd way to, to kind of look at our island's finances and taxes um, by saying, you know, and a very intelligent man, Deputy Parkinson, lots of experience politically and in the business world, but he doesn't know how much money this could bring in. Um, 
it just seems like a bit of an odd way to be doing business. I mean, he knows the finance sector very well, and that is a bit like our golden goose, isn't it? We need to protect the finance sector. So what could that do for our reputation? Has he made any comment on that? He really feels that it won't harm competitiveness, and part of the reason for that is because the OECD, so I can't I remember the um, the exact wording of that organisation, but it has hundreds of, organize, of countries and jurisdictions in it, and they are saying from 2024... All corporations are going to have to pay 15% minimum uh, corporation tax uh, unless they are unless they're smaller. So I think it's 750 million pounds of turnover a year if they're making that. So we can all imagine corporations that would be generating those sorts of sums. They would have to pay 15% tax. But he says because everyone's going to have to do this, um, Guernsey's simply going to have to catch up. If we don't impose a minimum rate of tax on corporations, they're simply just going to pay that tax elsewhere. Um, and he says at the minute, tens of millions of pounds are being sent to the UK Exchequer every year because they have obligations for tax but we're not asking them to pay so it's going to go somewhere well if you're wondering what the chief minister deputy peter fairbrush president of policy and resources thinks about deputy parkinson's amendment he's not too impressed if they vote for the parkinson amendment that will take us no further forward in fact take us backwards because it's we've got to be uh in liaison with our competitors we can't just go out willy-nilly for a partial solution to the problem because Deputy Parkinson's uh, amendment just addresses corporate tax. It's still on its own. It talks about a minimum of £20 million. Uh, but we're a long way from uh, where we are uh, to where we would get to if that figure was yeah. adopted. It's not going to give anybody any confidence, any realistic, objective observer, any confidence at all that we're taking any serious steps to address what they regard as a concern. So as well as Deputy Parkinson's amendment looking at territorial tax um, specifically, Deputies Heidi Soulsby and Gavin St Pierre have come up with an alternative plan which seems to cover much more. And Nick, you've been looking into that this week. Yeah, they've, it's a much broader package of measures uh, that the two deputies have put on the table. Um, I guess initially one of the key points is that they're looking at greater savings from the public sector um, in the short term as well. So that's 1% over 2024 and 2025, which they say can save £9 million. Um, another big measure they're looking at is how much money we spend on building projects. And are we putting enough, are we putting too much money aside and not spending it? Um, they will argue that the states puts aside too much money, doesn't spend it, doesn't get the projects done. So we don't need to put as much money into that pot. That would cut another £19 million from the bill. Um, also in the short term, there's um, a levy that they're looking at on the finance and professional services sector. So businesses that don't currently pay tax under 010. Mm -hmm. um, again, this is a short term measure that they think could raise £10 million pounds, uh, from 2024. Um, on top of all of that, um, we're looking at a review of how government works. So is government doing the things that it needs to do? Um, or could the third sector do more things? Could business do more things? Could we do more partnerships? And is there money to be saved yeah. in those terms? And I guess the other big ticket <laughs> item as we go on is to look at the zero ten regime itself. So could corporations pay 12.5%? Could it be 15%? Um, and interestingly enough, they're also looking at the measures that Deputy Parkinson has on the table. So again, there'd be a review of territorial tax and that could that be an answer? To filling our black hole. 
So that's making sense then when you consider that earlier this week, Deputy Parkinson was quoted as saying that he would support Deputy Soulsby and St Pierre's amendment against policy and resources plans because theirs seems to encompass a bit of saving, a bit of spending review, um, keeping GST on the table but not bringing it in at the moment, looking at territorial tax. It just seems to cover a lot more than what Deputy Parkinson's plan does on the face of it. Absolutely, and I think um, we've we've seen a package here that is looking at a lot of the key triggers that the public have had, that the business community have had, and it's wrapping it all up into a big package that becomes a real, um, I guess, threat to PNR's plans. Because of course, it's not the public that will vote on any of this, unless of course the Cersei um, gets its way and deputies uh, Mierveld and Blin manage to delay the debate and have public consultation on this come, come the end of 2024, of course, before the next general election. But generally speaking, it won't be the public voting on this, um, but there's a lot of public animosity towards aspects of PNR's plans. And there seems to be a lot of public support for one uh, taxing businesses more and for cutting spending in other places. But we feel like, I feel like we've been here before. And actually, when I spoke to Deputy uh, Fairbrush and Deputy Mark Hellyer last week, they both said that actually excessive public spending hasn't been a problem on their watch. Unfortunately, we've got a whole load of stuff which needs fixing and building an infrastructure investment, which is necessary. We haven't done anything for 10 years, and there's a very big bill attached to that, and we have to find a way to pay for it. Or we, or we don't do it. You know, it's been said that we've been profligate at this stage. No, we haven't. We've been left to pick up uh, many of the expenses that have not been addressed previously. I mean, I think of one, and there's one that just goes around in my head, uh, about medical records, medical patient records. Millions and millions and millions of pounds of expenditure that we've got no option but to spend. Uh, but it's come, you know, it's come down to, uh, to be dealt with during our tenure. I can't think of any expenditure during the... Uh, two years and three months that Mark and I have been in PNR that we've been profligate about. Profligate, I looked up what profligate meant, which is a big word, lots of symbols. And it's unnecessary spending of money or assets. Mm -hmm. We haven't unnecessarily spent a penny. Yeah, one of the problems is, is that you put off investing in things like replacing vehicles, for example. They get more expensive to look after and maintain. And then you've got to buy some new ones anyway at some point. So just delaying it doesn't actually help. So the big increases in cost are in fall into health and pension provisions. Uh, and you can't do anything about those. People mm. get older, they live longer, they need greater medical care. Yeah. Social care and pensions, people need a decent pension mm. when they retire to be able to live on. Uh, that's not our fault, it's nobody's fault. It's a common thing throughout probably the world, but certainly the Western Europe mm. that we all live in. Yeah. Uh, and we've got to address it. So it seems like everybody agrees We've got a financial deficit. We've got to stop this problem growing any bigger, Nick. But what's different now then to all the times that we've heard this before? You know, I think what, what's changed is the acceptance that there is a black hole that needs to be filled. Um, and, if, and we've got to get on with doing that. And some of this, I guess, is an argument about the pace of change. How quickly do you bring in your measures to fill in that hole? Um, and how big is that hole in totality as well? I guess um, part of what Deputy Soulsby and St. Pierre is saying is let's do as much as we can to save money um, and then see how much is left and then see if a GST is still necessary. One of the key things that will be taking the public along with them 
do you think the public will be coming along on this journey? I spoke to deputies Helia and Fairbrush last week and they think the public have got it. There is this black hole and the public seem to know, in their opinion, that actually we need to do something now. What do you think? You know, you've been in a, the news game for quite a long time now. Yeah, I absolutely think that the public is on board that there is a black hole. It needs to be addressed. How you address that um, has has PNR one hearts and minds with its package. I don't think anyone thinks PNR's one hearts and minds so far with its package. Um, we've got the Salisbury and St Pierre package. It's relatively new. It's only been out there for um, a week or so. Is that enough time for the public to engage in it all? Um, I'd argue not. Um, but equally, they will be setting in train a load of reviews, and so there is plenty of time to engage as the years roll on.